it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to To Be The Man with the nature boy, Ric Flair. Rick, how are you, man? Good, man. Live from St. Louis. How about that? You were on the prowl again. Yeah, I, uh, I Bobblehead night with the St. Louis Blues tonight. I love it, man. So uh, doing some car yeah. shield in St. Louis. Then I think you're back yeah. up to, uh, is it Michigan you're headed to? I go to Michigan tomorrow. My uh, cannabis line drops officially tomorrow in Michigan. That's awesome. Man. And then it drops in Missouri and Kansas, uh, uh, April, uh, April 20th. And so it's growing rapidly. Thank goodness. And of course, uh, you had a big weekend in New York. I know we want to talk about that, but I think we should go ahead and right at the top of the show. Mentioned that we have uh, suffered a, uh, a tragedy in our little wrestling bubble, our little wrestling circle, uh, something that, uh, is near and dear to your heart. I'm sure sadly, um, Marty Lundy and his lovely wife, Aaron, who we all know is, uh, Arn Anderson have lost their son, just 37 years old. Not the one we've seen on AEW a lot, the young, uh, blue chipper Brock, but his older brother Barrett, man, what tragic news to have over the weekend. And here it is, I guess this is the, this month is the 10 year anniversary of, of you losing Reed too. This is just awful, the 29th, man. Yeah. yeah. The 29th. Yeah. Another would be 10 years. Doesn't seem possible. I just like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can even, uh, there's no words to put, there's no words that even make sense because unless you experience that. You just don't know what it is. I mean, people can comment on it and think about it and, you know, wish their good wishes and say their prayers, but it's the worst thing in the world. At least it was my experience. And I'm sure that Arn and Aaron are having a very difficult time. So I sent Arn a nice text and I was heartfelt. Um, I know Joel has talked to him, but, um, there's, there's really nothing you can say. He just hopes they make it through it. And then you hope that, um, uh, um, that they, you know, you know, all I can say, he just hope they make it through it. It's, uh, it, it's pain. Yeah. It, it's, there's nothing like it. I can't imagine. I mean, you see all these commercials of kids, little kids that have cancer and all that. And, and you watch, you know, you get emotional watching that kind of stuff. And then you actually experience something like this firsthand. And, and I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't know that I don't know the details, but you know, with Reed, he was right there with me. So in another room, like 10 feet away. So I, I don't know any of the details. That's why I didn't say anything for a while, but. I just know it's a terrible time for them and I wish them nothing but the best. Yeah. That's all you can do. It almost you sounds know, cliche when in times like these, we say thoughts and prayers, but we really mean it. Like, you know, we, we both have had the good fortune of, of, of knowing that family and having them in and around our family. And I just, we think the world of, of them and man, just to know that they're going through all of this right now, your heart goes out to them. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that no parent ever expects and. I'm glad that we have this sort of second wrestling family, if you will, to support them, because I know there's a lot of people who sure do care about Arn and, and his family. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very popular guy in our business. And 
um, I'm sure that he's heard from heard from everybody. So, and that means a lot, but it doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. Well, let's try to, uh, you know, obviously they're going you know, to, I would imagine, take their time and try to cope and heal and, um, just try to get through this, but if, and when they, they, they pop back up again, let's, let's try to rally around them and support them as best we can. We, uh, listen, we want to try to talk about all the other stuff that's going on and, um, there's no easy way to transition from a conversation like that. So listen, Rick, there's no easy way to transition from a, a conversation like that, but we are, we do want to talk about everything else that's going on in the world and you and I being big sports guys, of course, uh, the whole world is talking about March madness. It's getting kicked off and I'm curious, you know, what your predictions are. Have you filled a bracket out? Are you ready to roll? I haven't, I have not filled a bracket out, but I, you know, I watch it very carefully. I love it. Um, ironically enough, you know, we're just talking about Reed and, Bar- and Barrett. Um, I was watching the NCAA tournament the night that, uh, which always falls around the time of WrestleMania right? with Reed the night that he passed away. So I think it was Villanova and somebody, but um, yeah, I love it. And uh, what kills me is how the hell can Alabama be ranked number one? What is going on in Tuscaloosa? Well, just exactly. I just want to give uh, your granddaughter some credit because they weren't in this position until she... Yeah. Pulled up to campus and now look at there. She's a good look charm. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. The SEC is completely, completely taken over the ACC as being the best conference for basketball. Unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know that anybody would have guessed that. And, and how about this? You know, we, we love talking about wrestling. Of course, North Carolina didn't make it. Yeah. It's wild. Ranked number one in the country they didn't make it. It's unbelievable. It's insanity. Uh, I, I think Duke's got a decent team. Purdue, the game I want to see is Purdue with that ED kid against uh, um, Alabama. Do you see him? He's like seven five. I have not. I got to check that out. I think he. I think he and Miller, the kid on your team, is it Brandon Miller. Yep, are, are considered the two best players in the country. So listen, we, uh, we got a little bit of time, but do you want to make a final four prediction? Do you have that in your mind? I don't, I have not looked at that hard. To be honest with you, I'm following the Aaron Rodgers story. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like, it, well, <laughs> here's the deal. Garoppolo and, and now, and then Tampa's looking at Baker Mayfield. I don't know what they're thinking about. I mean, I like Baker personally, but he hasn't had much success. Garoppolo has gone. The kid from uh, the Oakland Raiders went, signed with the Saints. Uh, but between Lamar Jackson not getting anything, we, and I heard a great explanation about why he, teams aren't doing this, and maybe that's true. Well, we can discuss that. But and the Panthers getting the number one pick. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's a different type of different type of year. But it's very interesting. I just hope Rogers goes to the Jets because God, they've tried and they have passed up everybody waiting on them. It's crazy so, that that's like a real possibility. But as we're recording this morning, people are expecting him to come out and just straight up say, "I want to play for the Jets," which would be. And I hope so. Broadway Aaron, man, I'd be right there. Wow. 
you know, I mean, listen, here's the thing that the jets have not been a, uh, a national television powerhouse, but that would change if Aaron Rodgers was there all of a sudden people would want to see the jets on TV a whole heck of a lot more. Oh yeah. Yeah. He'd have to come out of hiding and that, that he'd have to be a little more lively. Like I heard Aaron can drink. I've seen him drink, but he'd have to come out of that, uh, that retreat <laughs> to, to live in New York city. <laughs> But boy, I tell you, they're, they're right in saying the pressure would be on him because he's going up against Joe Burrow, who was unbelievable, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and hopefully who ends up back in Baltimore with a good deal. Um, who on oh, Patrick Mahomes? I mean, that conference is pretty strong. Yeah, it is. Um, I wish him the best. Well, somebody that uh, well, I wish the best too, but maybe not you. Is your old pal Dutch Mantel? Boy, it got stirred up this past weekend. I uh, couldn't believe I, I logged into Twitter and I saw a tweet from you about Dutch, and logged into Instagram and saw an Instagram post about Dutch, and even over on Facebook, man, you went after Dutch on every single platform. I got to catch up. What in the hell happened? I have no idea. What? What? Someone just brought it to my attention that he made a comment after the plane ride from a hell thing came out, a derogatory comment. And then apparently he's said something that I lied about being in the locker room the night that Brody got stabbed in San Juan, which I was not in the locker room and I've never said I was. And now this, this damn last match has gotten a lot of attention. And for how many months has it been? Yeah, July to now. I, I, I don't know how much more clearer I can say. I know that it was terrible, Dutch. I'm the first to admit it. And I know I look like I look terrible. But <laughs> I'm just sorry I ever said anything. Because I. I the, 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 the guy's honest truth. The last time I saw Dutch Mantel. Cause we used to talk in catering that when he was there with, um, swagger managing, uh, Jake. Yeah. Um, and, um, he said to me that every time I work with you, Flair or Rick, I remember I have telling you, it's, I, I need to catch my breath. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I ever said. And then they come out of nowhere. I don't know. I think. Well, we, we, none of us grow old gracefully, but he's just in a place where he just won't. And I, I, I feel bad now that I responded because he got a lot of attention that he, you know, didn't deserve. But I, I was, I'm, I'm the idiot that made the comment back, you know, thinking he would just go away because he's been hitting on me for a while, but it's not worth it. I don't, I, I regret that I even, I regret that I even, uh, tweeted that. Cause I actually like Dutch Mantel, but I don't like people trying to reiterate something you and I have already admitted no less than five times on this show. Yeah. So we all know it didn't great, but it was successful financially and we had a big crowd and. And those in the building loved it, Rick. I mean, and we, and we made national news, like you said, on ESPN. And yeah. So a lot of things, a lot of positive things. And the thing of it is, nobody that really matters to in me in my life 
has said one bad thing about it, and that's what the difference is. Right. For him to have an opinion, that's fine. Keep it to yourself. I'm just tired of hearing about it. Well, there you go. Well, that, so- that's it. That's it. I could not nothing bad to say about him. Not gonna look, not gonna give him any more fuel. Just want it to go away. Well, something that's not going to go away is the high regard you hold the undertaker in. And he recently sat down and did an interview where he listed his Mount Rushmore of wrestling. It included Hulk Hogan and included stone cold and included Andre, the giant. It included the nature boy, Ric Flair, man. That's about as high as compliment of a, as it gets, isn't it? The undertaker's Mount Rushmore. And there you are. Uh, it doesn't get any better. Yeah. He's well, you know, we're fabulous friends. So I've had just a wonderful our careers our, our our times to get it together during our careers um when we were you know i was with him in the 90s and then of course during all the 2000 thing and then i had the match with him in toronto which really got me back up on my feet and we've become we've just become tremendously Tremendously close to the years. I, I can't wait to see him at autograph signings. I can't wait to see him at Mania. Um, are you sure Dutch Mantel wasn't on that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dutch. I had to say it. Hey, listen, we, uh, we, you, you mentioned WrestleMania. And I, I had to say it. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited about WrestleMania because as folks um, are listening to this, they know that you're now going to be a part of the hall of fame celebration. Uh, yeah, of course, this, we- is, this, this is so, so big for me. It's going to be my eighth trip. I inducted Harley. I inducted Piper. I've inducted steamboat sting Fujinami and being one and I've been inducted myself twice. So it's a huge honor for me. I mean, how many people, number one, ever even get to go to the Hall of Fame? Right. Much less participate in it at any level. To me, and we've talked about this before, I've not always thought some of the choices were the best, but it, it's the real deal. It's the only thing we have that's real. Wow. And it it mean it should mean a lot to anybody because they treat it like, like it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, uh, I mean, the biggest thrill of my life was when Hunter inducted me. That the four horsemen thing was was great, but the, the single induction by Hunter, when I, which people are so aware of, talk for so long, because I had so many people to thank. That's the only problem when you've been doing it a long time. There's not enough people, enough time to thank everybody, but. I sure tried it hard that night. We ran 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt bad for Hunter. I think he had to come get the hook. Didn't he? <laughs> we were live, <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I just saw Jerry Briscoe. I said the one line I missed that night because they inducted Jack and Jerry and Harley and Mulligan were there. And the one line I wanted to say, this is the first time I've ever been in a place, a facility that served alcohol <laughs> with Mulligan, Harley Race, and the Briscoes, that a fight hasn't broken up. Because <laughs> <laughs> what a night that was, my God. I mean, 
Gordon Soley, me, the Briscoes, Eddie Graham. I mean, I was just a phenomenal night. And this 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 one coming up. I mean, everything in LA is, if, if nothing else, it's bigger in LA. So I expect it to really be special. And um I have invested heavily in something very LA-ish to wear. <laughs> I'll be ready. Well, of course, uh, we know that, uh, by the time everyone sees this, they will know that you've already announced who you're inducting on the bump. How did you get mm-hmm. the call? And, and what, a what a worthy person for the hall of fame this <clears throat> time. No, uh, I got the call from the company and, uh, I said, absolutely. And I said, if you talk to them and they said, no, we wanted to ask you if you want to do it first. So I waited a couple of days and, uh, I got back and because uh, you, know, you never know what they have in mind might not be who they have in mind, but right. Uh, he got right back to him and said, yep, I'm, I'm honored. So I'm honored. That's the truth. And you're going to be very surprised at who it is, but he, he, he's deserving of this probably a couple times over. He's that good. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking and about I'm, it. I'm that excited. I'm sure we'll be talking about it next week. And of course we're excited because not only will you be at the hall of fame, but you're going to be at WrestleCon. So if you want to meet Rick, yes. maybe you've got some, uh, stuff you'd like for him to autograph. Maybe you want to get a photo. Rick is going to be there at WrestleCon. Do you know what days yet you're going to be there? I'm going to be both, both days. Okay. There you go. With, 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 with Fitterman sports. There you go. March 31st <laughs> and April 1st. Uh, so that's going to be Friday and Saturday at WrestleCon. You don't want to miss it. Uh, Fitterman sports is the real deal. They're going to take great care of you. Uh, they just the most professional outfit around. And, uh, we think a lot of WrestleCon. So we'll see everybody there. And of course that night, man, April 1st, as you're wrapping up, you're going to cruise over. It's night one of WrestleMania and it's the final four. How about that? That's uh, some counter programming, the final four and night one of WrestleMania. Uh, as we're marching towards WrestleMania, everybody's wanting to know. Hey, what's going to happen with, uh, with, with Sami Zayn? And it feels as if the story is continuing to evolve the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens is the way it looks to me. Would you put that on last night one, or is that a co-main event? Where would you position that one? Oh, I would put it, I would put it on right before, uh, Rhea and, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte. Yeah. There's no way you can't that you put up as entertaining as it might be. In my estimation, there's no way you put a tag match on uh, ahead of a, of a championship that oh, someone won the Royal Rumble. To, to I mean, it would be like I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I've seen th- I've seen things like that happen before, but I don't anticipate that being the case. I think the women's championship, the fact that, R- that Rhea had to win the world. Royal Rumble, which is their huge event, and it's the caveat to getting to pick the champion you want to wrestle from SmackDown and Raw, and, and Rhea picked uh, Charlotte. And I would have to think, I would have to think that would be the main event. But that match will be very entertaining, and the crowd will be live. It's LA. I mean, it's just it's it doesn't get any bigger. I mean, we were out there a long time ago, and I thought to myself. This is cool, but now that I got that sci-fi stadium and sold out both nights, and I just, yeah, I, I, I'm really excited. But 
to answer that question, I, I, I would hope the main event would be Ashley and, and Rhea. It's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to see it. Uh, of course, on the way there, uh, you actually got to hook up this past weekend with the queen. You guys were both at the big event once again for Fitterman yeah. sports. And, uh, yeah. you posted something that I think is worth sharing here on the show. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. one of the youngest little flair, little nature boy cosplayers. Yeah. Let's take a look at that. Yeah. He did the flair. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> the bump at the end is the best part. That was so great, man. The flare flop. <laughs> so good. I mean, it's crazy to think how this is so yeah. generational. I mean, that, that young man probably never saw you wrestle unless I happened this past July and here he is. He's got it down pat the full gig. Yes. Especially the flop. That's the best part. I, I know. Unfortunately. I mean, that was the best part of my best part of my act. The later, the later part of my career, the, the latter part of my career. <laughs> so tell us about uh... yeah, the, queen, the, the queen stole it, man. She had, she had them lined up all over the place. I, I was really proud of her. Yeah, I heard that uh, there was a marathon line for Cody, for Edge, for Charlotte, for yeah. you. Uh, Fitterman Sports rolled out the big guns there. How was your trip to uh, to Queens? It was good. Um, it's just, uh, as usual, when you, you sign and I have uh, my deal requires a little bit longer. So I was there till like four, I was in Dallas and I was on a plane, so I didn't get to watch SmackDown. Um, right. Which I hate, you know, cause it's hard to talk wrestling when you miss the show. So, um, I, I just, it was, you know, I just, every time I miss it, I'm disappointed because I try to as you do to watch all the shows so sure. talk about it intelligently. So anyway, um, the long three and a half hour flight from Dallas to, to New York, nonstop, thank God on Delta. But, um, I didn't even land till 12 o'clock. Oh, wow. Cause I, I had done that thing with fun town, fun town RV in Dallas, but I was at Nick and Sam's thinking about you. <laughs> Boy, we've had some fun there, man. Um, yes. let's, let's talk about something else that happened on Friday night that maybe you missed. Of course, AEW runs their big show on Friday night and, uh, Raj mm -hmm. Geary, who, uh, used to own wrestling one of the biggest wrestling websites in the world, sh yeah. shared his opinion, uh, about the show, uh, over on social media and QT Marshall, who is, uh, one of Tony Khan's right-hand men behind the scenes. And of course runs the nightmare factory with Cody Rhodes there in Atlanta and has been with ring of honor and helped with their school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In addition to what we've seen in front of the camera, they got into it on Twitter. Raj had an opinion that he shared, uh, where he says the booking of Wardlow since double or nothing. I don't get it. And then QT responded, Gary popped off and man, they were back and forth. Uh, and eventually I guess cooler heads prevailed, but, uh, I, I wanted to bring this to your attention because you've been around this game for a long time. And, and I'm curious way back when did you ever get sideways with Dave Meltzer or Wade Keller? What was your relationship like with them back in the day? Um, I don't get sideways with them. I, I knew Wade a little bit. I know Dave better, but, um, I mean, I, I, I'm the first to say that anybody that says they didn't talk to Dave Meltzer in the eighties and nineties is a liar. I've told you that before. 
Um, but you know, as as many accolades as Dave has given me, he he didn't. Somebody told me that he wrote one time that when I was booking with Heard and that, that I looked, I looked. I look older than Jimmy Carter. <laughs> I probably did. I'm telling you, I see Carano now, and I just saw John Laurinaitis, and they are like different people right now. Oh, the business is really tough. Yes, especially in the relations end of it, and just talk FaceTime with John the other day, and he looks like a different guy, and. Uh, Carano is is going to get his Russian. Is I don't want to give it away, but he's got a beautiful girlfriend. Yes, and a lovely he's dog. <laughs> he is happy as can be. Lives on the water in Tampa. He's got life like he yeah. likes it, man. He, he lives right across from me, where my I'm up from where my boat is. Yeah, I see him all the time, and you know, we don't even talk about business when I see him. Right now, now it's just all Notre Dame football and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But he is he is just a different guy. And it um that's I wish you know I, I still take it so damn serious. And I mean maybe it's because I did it for so long. But it's hard once you're in it, it's hard to not look at it and you know, not critique it, wonder what you would done what you would have done differently. But to be in the position they were in where they had to be you know, it had to be difficult with people that probably liked. I remember John had to fire Joe, his own brother. That's awful. Um, yeah, and that was that was so hard, and I don't think Joe ever got over it. Um, but John was doing his job. And that lawsuit that they had in the concussion thing, um, Joe had jumped on board with that, so John had let him go. But I know, I know for a fact that hurt John bad. So, you know, those are the kind of things that is family, but business when you're in in that business. And I'm sure it's not just wrestling, but wrestling is the only business I really know like that. It's hard to let people go. It's hard. I spoke with as many employees you have. I'm sure you have had to let people go, and yes. it was hard. Yeah, it sucks, man. It's not the plan. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're both they're both doing great. They're happy. Um, and I, I was I was really mad at John over the incident when they took me off the screen and all that. I I realized now it wasn't John. I just you, you, your anger it, it, it's just not worth it. It just is not worth it. Life is too short. And man, we just started the show with a topic that's more realistic than anything in the world. Yes. Life is too short. And Arn, in his first tweet, said, make sure and tell everyone in your life that you love, that you love them every day. And I, that's exactly the same thing I've been preaching. Yes. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Yes. And then what do you do? What do you do? Then you, want to, then you just want to just be upset with yourself because you weren't getting along, upset with yourself because you... We're being selfish. You know, it's just important to tell the ones you love every day. You know, you may almost make a conscious effort. If not every day, every other day. You know what I'm saying? I just meant keep up with them. Absolutely. Because nothing's guaranteed. Well, it's guaranteed yeah, that, I mean, uh, 
that every week we're going to take your questions here. We jumped on Twitter and asked if you guys had a question. We got a ton of them. There's no way we'll get to them all, but let's do a few here. Our man, Dave Silva behind the scenes. He's got us keyed up and ready to answer a few tweets. And if you'd like to ask a question, okay. it's easy. It's at to be the man pod on Twitter. And of course I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. Dave's got one ready for us now. This is from Anthony Watt. Hey, Rick, when you go to Las Vegas, do you gamble? And if so, what do you like to play? I don't gamble. Isn't that funny? I have, but I don't, I haven't gambled. My, my, I didn't, we never, I never played cards or anything. I have, but I don't, but I used to gamble on college football a lot, but I don't anymore. I love it. And pro football, not gamble bet. Sure. But I got, I got killed about 20 years ago, like 240,000. Oh, I, I, I had won every game, every bowl game. And I went right to the Rose bowl and it was Ohio state and USC. I can't remember what year. And I went with, uh, I think I went with Ohio state USC one. So the, all the money I compiled over the eight or nine bets was 40,000 instead of taking 30 and 30, just betting. 10 again, I bet 40 that was gone. That was, that was it. Yeah. If I'm Vegas, I can, I can think of a lot more things to spend 40 grand on than that. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> let's talk about a sure thing. You want to talk about a sure thing? You don't have to gamble. They have, they have stores out there. You can buy a shirt out there for 40 grand. Oh, for sure. The clothes are outrageous. It's phenomenal. Well, I bet you've never seen a value like you'll get at Henson shaving our newest and greatest sponsor here. We absolutely love Henson shaving here on the program because this is a family owned business, which obviously means a lot to Rick and I as an aerospace parts manufacturer that has made parts for the international space station and the Mars Rover. And now they're bringing precision engineering to your shaving experience. You see razor blades are like diving boards. The longer the board, the more the wobble. And the more the wobble, the more likely you are to get nicks, cuts, and scrapes. And by using these aerospace grade CNC machines, Henson makes metal razors that extend just 0.0013 inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair. And it means a more secure and stable blade for a vibration free shave. And it gets better. They've even got built in channels to evacuate hair and cream, which makes clogging virtually impossible. Now this is your standard dual edge blade that gives you that old school shave, but with all the benefits of new school tech. My favorite part about this though, is that Henson shaving wants to make the best razor, not the best razor business. That means there's no plastic on this. There's no subscription model. There's no proprietary blades. There's no planned obsolescence. That's it. This is the last razor you'll ever need. And once you own a Henson razor, check this out. It's like three to $5 a year for blades. So let's say no to subscriptions and say yes to a razor that will last you a lifetime. Visit hensonshaving.com slash flare to pick the razor for you and use our code flare and you'll get two years worth of blades for free. Just be sure to add them to your cart. That's a hundred free blades. When you head to H E N S O N S H A V I N G.com slash flare and use our promo code flare. And I think uh, Dave has another Twitter question ready for us here. Uh, let's take a look at this okay. one. Anthony wants to know what was his payoff from Bob Geigel for wrestling in a parking lot at a car dealership in Kansas. Now that is a deep cut right there. 100, 100, 150 bucks. Oh my gosh. 
the world yeah. champion you know in what? a parking lot. Yeah, it was um, uh, in in the rain. It was um, Mark Romero, Jay Jay Umlo's brother. Wow, an hour in a parking lot, Hutchinson, Kansas. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I listen. I wrestled in carnivals, walked through mud for him. I mean. Bob Geigel, you know, I left uh, Ashley's mom, Beth, in the hospital in Honolulu. I was wrestling for... Uh, um, Rock's grandmother. Leah, Leah Mavia. And um, Beth had a tubular pregnancy. I left her in the hospital. I flew to Kansas City for my next match rather than stay because I just couldn't miss it. It was against Brody or... Uh, Harley also was a good big crowd, and he he wouldn't pay my trans. He never paid my trans. My goodness. It is, he said that Lee was supposed to pay that. So that's how much respect they have for Bob Geigel. He ruined the NWA. When he when Sam Belcher passed away and they made him the president of the NWA, he ruined it. I mean, what he did to it, he just prostituted the crap out of it. All of a sudden, you could start, people like Fritz would call him and say, da, 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 and, you know, where Sam was just, he had so much respect. Bob, Bob was just horrible. He, he represented the NWA very poorly. Well said. Fun guy. Tough, tough guy, tough amateur wrestler at Iowa and all that. But, boy, he just, um, you know, he just, he, 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 when you get handed at something like that, I, I actually believe it's like a guy if they had gone to Sam, to someone that could really enforce the rules, I mean, God only knows. I mean, everything changes for a reason, but the day Bob became president, it was the worst thing that ever happened. Let's do another question here from Twitter. Uh, this one comes and to I'm us. Worse than that, when these guys, people ask me questions, not only did I not make any money, but Geigel left the show before my match started. Wow. But no, no, nobody there to watch my robe, my clothes, nothing. Wow. Changing clothes in the bathroom of the dealership. My goodness. People want to know why I drank in the, back in the 80s. <laughs> Driving the world champion. It wasn't, all, it wasn't all Auckland, New Zealand, Chicago, Charlotte, Greensboro. When I had to head out to Moscow for a week, man, I just prepared myself locked down. <laughs> I grabbed a kid named Gary Royal. I said, Gary, let's get through this. <laughs> Especially when you don't have a driver's license. Absolutely. <laughs> I used to have three. All of a sudden, I had none. <laughs> I had Minnesota, North Carolina, and Florida. And then I had none. <laughs> that reciprocal. That reciprocal deal with insurance companies came around and I had, I had 84 moving violations in two years. Oh my gosh. 84. <laughs> That's gotta be a record. My goodness. 84. So, um, <laughs> yeah, to the judge sent me to 30 days in jail. So I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> he said, you're a habitual speeder. They took me downstairs and my lawyer got me out on bond in about 20 minutes. Then I ended up going to, to uh, Superior Court 
and they finally the guy find me twenty five dollars. But when I thought about doing thirty days in jail, you know, in South Carolina, we they drive hundred miles an hour. A guy, he, he pulled you over, you gave him twenty bucks, they gave you a ticket, and you kept driving. We just tore it up, threw it in the road. You know, we tore those up. It was a fast way through the beer cans out the window. Eighty four, man, my goodness. Are you guys there? Yeah, eighty four. Wow. That's uh that's eighty four moving violations in two years. Yeah. I would drive and don't think about this. <laughs> I would buy a new car, right? I'd put 125,000 miles on it one year. Wow. Don't think about it. Yeah. Or you know, 18 months, whatever it is. Yeah. But I, I always like driving my car. I hated being a passenger. I just yeah. always like being in control. Yeah. So I like driving my car all the time. But that that's all we did. Three thousand mile weeks. But it was three thousand times fifty. Uh, over 150,000 miles. Yeah. 160,000. Yeah. Yeah. So 125,000 miles in one year. Let's, uh, easy. Let's do another one here. Uh, this is a fun one here. Brian wants to know what's Rick's all time favorite movie. You have a favorite movie. Um, <laughs> one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Well, that is the Ric Flair story right there, boys and girls. <laughs> I'm, I, I should have been a star in that movie. Absolutely. They owe you royalties for that. Hey, I would have had, I would have had that kid talking day one. I love it. Was that at the best? Oh man. I don't that know what I expected, one. but that was it. That's a good answer. No, it would be that or the outlaw Josie Wales. Let's do another one here from Twitter. Uh, this is from Bryant. Yeah. When it comes to the main event, does WrestleMania, the title match need to go on last or can there be a time where a star is big enough to main event over the title? A few years ago, I think we saw Roman Reigns and the undertaker go on last, but did you agree with that? Should it always be the title or are there exceptions to that rule? Well, the undertaker, this is my personal opinion. can go on whenever he wants to go on. Sure. Steve Austin can go on whenever he wants to go on. And then even your WrestleMania, it was Hulk Hogan and Sid Vicious, uh, and then you yeah. and Savage were underneath. As a yeah. rule of thumb, though, do you want the title to be last? Do you think, or are there exceptions like you're saying? I do. I, I do. I'm, I mean, but I'm old school, so right. you know. Um, I just think that. I think that that you that you if you're going to be the world champion, the the pressure should be on you to have the best match. Right whether you're female or male and all the pressure in the world should, is going to be after watching a spectacular show, right? Then you got to go out and show them why you're the world champion, why you're the best. And I can, I can tell you from experience when I was trying to follow, think about this and I can think I, in Baltimore, I was thinking one night, my God, it was me and Nikita, right? When we were to follow, Dusty and the Road Warriors against Arn Tully. I mean, Arn or was Arn or the, then the Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express. I mean, we, did, we just had so much talent. And then me, me and Nikita, and I thought, oh my God, this could be. But we, we did it. When obviously we didn't have a great match, not nearly the caliber that Arn and Tully and those guys had. But anytime you had to follow Dusty or, and the Road Warriors, and I mean, it was. You know, unless it was a real high, unless, if, I, if I had a Barry Windham or a Ricky Steamboat or, or Ricky Morton or someone like that, it was, it was, it wasn't as difficult, but 
to have a guy that, that was you know fairly green to the business and have to go a, a, length, a lengthy time um it was hard but i but it's the responsibility of the champion to prove that you're the best so you know sometimes i took two blades instead of one <laughs> that's tremendous uh, <laughs> two instead of one. Let's do another uh, Twitter question here. This one's from C Spartan. What are Rick's memories and opinions of Frank Tunney, the Toronto territory and uh, working Maple Leaf Gardens? I like Frank and Jack a lot. And Maple Leaf Gardens, we first started going there, you know, and, it, and the Sheik had killed it, deader than, I mean, it was terrible. And of course, we went, went up there with the crock and we would do Buffalo and then go over to Toronto and we had, and Toronto was a fun town. Don't take, get me wrong, but we started out with maybe 1500 people and then 3000. And then it took us about a year to get it where we were really going good. But I wrestled a lot of our Broadways, a lot of hour long matches with everybody. Um, because the, the chic steel was, 30 seconds, blow the fire, and it was over. It was sold out. And it just, people one day just said, screw it. You know, and they didn't, and we, I mean, they killed it dead. But Frank and Jack weathered it, and they stayed with it. And I mean, I can remember stories of Bulldogs, a guy named Bulldog Brower, that wanted to have a cauliflower ear so he looked like a wrestler. Right. So Johnny Valentine <laughs> told, him, <laughs> told him to get a bad guy. <laughs> Brow went and got it, and Johnny, <laughs> Johnny took a hammer and, and put his head sideways in the back of his arse. <laughs> so that was the business, and that was a little of sense of humor back then. <laughs> My goodness! Now, can you imagine that? No. <laughs> no one wants to call a lawyer. No. No. What in the hell? So uh, no, this bro was a big guy. I thought, I thought, are you actually saying that to Johnny Valentine? You've just committed suicide. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I have just great memories. Let's do um, another one here. Let's see if we can bring up some more memories. This one comes to us from Carl. Why do you think referees are not yet in the hall of fame? We hear how important they are to the story being told in the ring. That's a good, question. good question. If there's anyone deserves to be in it, it's Tommy young. Who would be a uh, number two behind Tommy? Do you think to go in that I've known in my career? Yeah. Um, well, I think Mike Kyoto is a candidate. Um, well, I think that both the Hebners would be, yep. um, uh, guys, there's a lot, a lot, of, you know, a lot of good guys, but I'll, I'll tell you something that, that people don't realize especially for me, like using myself as an example, when you have to wrestle an hour and you have to, you know, entertain the people and you, sometimes the crowd isn't with it. Sometimes the guy you're with in the old days, especially a lot of times the guy I was with hadn't wrestled an hour and he would, you know, get sick and throw up. And then you got to start the bed. Just brutal. You, I cannot explain to you how important having a good referee is. And I, I believe that even to today, because with Tommy, Tommy knew where I was going. And yeah, that, that what I used to push him and all that, but man, it's hard to get through an hour with a guy that can't do it. Right. 
And someone, I remember um, someone saying to me, that's cheap heat. I said, yeah, well, you go up there and go an hour with Rufus Jones and then explain to me what, what cheap heat is. Um, so <laughs> there have been a lot of great referees, but they they are a big, big, and a very important part of the, of the match. And, I, and the good ones are... are, are I mean, I think the WWE's. I think I think Charles Robinson's a great referee. Absolutely, there's another one. He he probably isn't going to be in the Hall of Fame for a while because he's still young and active. Right. And he's he's far from he's far from ready to go home. But Charles young Charles is a, is a great referee. There's been a lot of Nick, Nick um, Patrick. Nick Patrick was great. Yeah, just you know, rever- good referees are hard to find, especially. Uh, guys that know what you're doing, and that, that's why I had favorites. I, I said, I want them, I need him with me because he knows everything I'm going to do, he's got it memorized, right? I got it memorized, He'll, he knows what I'm going to do, he'll be there. And a, a good referee can't, he can't give you uh, it, it, all it is, is, is a it, it's not a band aid, it's, it's a necessity if you're working a long match with a guy that can't work. Let's do another one here. Uh, this one comes to us from uh, Cowboy SHIT. Rick's farewell tour storyline, which ultimately leading to the Mania match with Sean. And that stretch, you worked with so much up and coming talent, had great matches with MVP, Shelton Benjamin, Masters, to name a few. What was your favorite match in that stretch? Did you have a favorite match on your way out in the WWE? No, I, you know, it's funny. I, I think the one with Vince was my favorite. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because I felt bad that I didn't get a chance to, I see, I told MVP this about a year ago. I never got to thank him at the hall of fame. I, I, didn't, I forgot to thank, I forgot to thank, uh, Steve Regal, which I've apologized for those guys, the guys that, that got me there. Randy Orton gave me a hell of a match in my hometown of Charlotte. Um, and Randy put me over was huge. I mean, the storyline, I, I don't, and I'm saying this and I'm can think very clearly. I haven't seen a better storyline than that ever. Right. For a single, uh, retirement. And, um, I know a lot of people, I mean, I've had people tell me that the greatest wrestling moment, moment ever was me and Sean. Yes. And I, I, I honestly believe that too, because it was so real. Yes. You know, I mean, him saying that and, and the family being there, I mean, me, that's me. And it was just, it was emotional. And I didn't know that the crowd would react like that. They were, they were insane. Yeah. So I'm a lucky guy. Very lucky. Let's do another one here. This one comes to us from, um, LMC Rick, you and Ken Patera go back a long ways. Ken has wrestled legends, Harley Hogan, Graham, Andre Backlund, Steamboat, San Martino, Milmaskeris, Putski, Mavia, Monsoon, and others. Yet he's not in the WWE hall of fame. What gives could this be the most egregious omission ever? It's a good question. I just wrote the forward up for him on his new book. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I talked to Ken on a regular basis now. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to ask that question. I will. I don't know whether he left and left on a bad note. Um, 
<clears throat> I don't know the answer to that, but he certainly belongs in it. No doubt. Um, the unfortunate thing with he and Saito, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've often wondered how the selection process works with, with that, how the company and, and who actually has the most input. Um, I, I've been, after all these years, I don't know the answer to that. But he certainly deserves to be in it. And I can tell you right now, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he is the strongest. I Mark, I just saw Mark and they were joking. He's the strongest. He, the guy could do stuff in the weight room nobody nobody's ever done. And even Mark Henry will admit it. When you can overhead, I mean, walk under a rack and push press. In other words, walk it off the rack and push it over your head 550 pounds. That's crazy. Now, I've seen him press just without from the floor up 505. But push press, now think about that. It's crazy. Yeah, and it, it's amazing. He just, and but he right now is just. His shoulders are replaced. His triceps are re replaced. His knees, his hips. I mean, what you talk about taking a toll on his body. He'd be a great guest on our show one day, though. Yeah, we got to grab him sometime. Let's do another question here. Yeah, I, I talked to him all the time. This one comes to us from D Bates. Other than yourself, who was on the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers to wear the big gold belt before it was entered into the WWE? So listen, that would include guys like Ronnie Garvin and Dusty Rhodes and Ricky Steamboat, but also all the WCW names, Sting, Lex Luger, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Goldberg, Bret Hart, uh, Booker T, Scott Steiner. Do you have a, a Mount Rushmore? Are there four guys that stand out above the rest of you to hold that belt? Hmm. That, to hold that belt? Yeah. The big gold title, not the old school yeah, 10 yeah, pounds. I'm, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm thinking, um, um, Hogan's probably on there for the NWO run, right? Yeah, Hogan for sure, Sting for sure. There's two. Um, well, Steamboat for sure. I would mean there's three. To me, like when I make my, my my Mount Rushmore, since since Mark did his, I think I've said to you before, is Undertaker, Steve Austin, Hogan, and Shawn Michaels. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's sense. a, that's a heck of a Mount Rushmore. We'll be sure to make a graphic. Well, Hogan and Stone Cold. Absolutely. The best worker in the history of the business, even to this day is Shawn Michaels. Yep. And the guy with the greatest gimmick, who is also a great worker is, is the entertainer. Not just the greatest gimmick of all time, but he pulled off that biker thing too. Oh, and yes, then, he did. And he's a great worker a great worker. So, you know, uh, I, I don't want to leave anybody off, but that would be my selection process right there. So when we're thinking yeah, about the, the, the big gold belt question. You had Hogan up there and you had steamboat up there and you had sting up there. Would the other be mm -hmm. Randy Savage, Bret Hart? Who, who are you thinking? Oh, Bret Hart. Okay. There you go. So the, yeah. uh, the, 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 the big gold Mount Rushmore, let's do one last question I here. I didn't know that Brett wore that. He did towards the end of WCW. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brett for sure. Dan wants to know who was the most selfless guy who you ever worked with someone who went out of their way to help others in the business. Also, do you see anyone like that today? 
the answer is Ricky Steamboat, and uh, I don't think that they have time today in the business to help others because they're fighting so hard for their own place. There, there's a, a lot of very nice people. I, I don't know. I'm not there to, to answer that question accurately, but in my day and time, I'd say the guy that was the most giving, and and you could you could just learn. Just working with him, you learn. I, I like to think I'm one guy you could learn working with, but absolutely, if you were a heel, work on Ricky Steamboat was a was the greatest blessing in the world. If I can remember Arn saying to me one time, um, Arn had never worked with him and said, Jesus Christ, Ricky, you weren't kidding. He's the greatest. You know what I mean? And if, he, if, if, Ricky, if, if Ricky could work heel, which he never could, because the world just wouldn't let him be it, um, he... He'd be probably in a category of the greatest ever. Because Sean could work both ways. And Sean was equally good as a bay face and a heel. So, But um, I always say there's, there's, Sean, Sean could be a prick when he wanted to be. I mean, and, and come across as a real arrogant heel. And he could work. The, the, the word prick, yeah, you, can't even, you can't even have that around in even in in the same conversation as, as the name Ricky Steamboat. No, agree. No, Ricky's just a kind guy. Great guy. And uh, I tell you what, he probably, like you and I, loves him some Woo Wings. Woo Wings, yes. boys and girls, is Ric Flair's very own virtual restaurant brand. Believe it or not, they've got more than 50 different locations now across 17 different states. Plenty more on the way. I hear there's uh, more than a hundred agreements in processing right now. So check it out anywhere. You can enjoy Uber eats or Postmates, then you can get it. Woo wings in Alabama, Arizona, Ooh. California, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Maryland, Michigan, North Carolina, New Jersey, New York, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia for a complete list of the current locations or to find out more about becoming one of Ric Flair's restaurant partners, visit rickflairwings.com. Woo Wings is a virtual brand, so it is delivery only. And the food is made by restaurant partners with an existing location who are looking to add more to their bottom line. So if you're in a Woo Wing city, order today from the Uber Eats or Postmates app and try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16 time world heavyweight champion, Woo Wings. Let's do another question here from Twitter. Uh, Dave has one queued up for us here, and this one's from David Owens. He wants to know what kind of music does Ric Flair like to listen to? Believe it or not, I listen to a lot of country music now. There you go. Anything stand out to you? Yeah. What are your favorites these days? It's fine. I never even heard of country music until I moved to Charlotte. And then, of course, it, it, it was all country music. And, uh, you know, I like Luke Bryan. I like, uh, I mean, I, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I can't give you the artist names, but I just like country music now because it, in the old days, it was like, it was just too slow. It was like always about, Death and taxes, or something like that. <laughs> well, I like Hank Williams Jr. I love Kid Rock. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I guess, you know, Kid Rock is in country, but I've always loved his kind of his music. I like, um, you like Waylon Jennings. I know that one. Yeah, I like Waylon Jennings. I like Johnny, C- I could play Johnny Cash all day long. Um, I'm not familiar with a lot of the new artists, um, but, um, you know what music I really enjoy is Darius Rucker's. Oh, he's the best, man. Yeah, since Darius has gone country, man, he's he's unreal. Totally agree. That one song, 
that new that one he just did i can't remember i think it's the second high, highest grossing single of all time um what's it what's it called again um wagon wheel crushed it wagon wheel yeah yeah, yeah, God, yeah. that's great yeah, i love that yeah he crushed that one let's do another one here yeah this one comes to us from um John uh, Johan, he says, who's an opponent or a storyline that you thought was going to be gold, but it just didn't click. Not hoping for dirt, just an honest assessment on why it didn't work when you thought it should have. That's a good question. Oh, uh, I have to say, I, you know, I can answer that pretty easy. The thing with buddy Landell. Yeah, we actually have a, a buddy Landell question too, uh, that, yeah, that came to us on Twitter. I'm trying that out, but it just. It just didn't work out. I mean, I think it, it set like a record. It outdrew Elvis at the Dorton arena, uh, in Raleigh, but it didn't maybe work everywhere else. And we actually had a question on Twitter about, well, we, 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 we did, but it was, a, it, we had success, but it, it just didn't last. It didn't last long enough. And I, I, you and I know the reason why, you know, he just had too many personal issues. Right. Yeah. And he could, and he, and, and the, the, they were overwhelming for him personally and that. Otherwise it could have been great, but he just uh, unfortunately had some bad habits that, that distracted from that get caught up with him. Uh, here's another one, Rick. Uh, what gimmick match does Rick feel is absolutely pointless nowadays. And what gimmick match does Rick feel is underused? What gimmick match is pointless? Um, a lot of people, Rick would say a hell in a cell with no blood. Well, I would, I'd say that about the cage because there's no blood, but that's that's my old school thinking, and it's, and it's not a fair evaluation because it's obviously much healthier now without, you know, what we probably all have. I, I mean, I just, as I've told you, I kept my forehead and chest just with, I mean, I went through two tubes of Neosporin a day. Right. Um, and, and it's lucky I didn't ever catch anything. Um, because they didn't clean the mats in the old days like they do now. I mean, now the mats are immaculate. I mean, it, it's just there's everything is just the 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 working conditions are absolutely incredibly healthy and good for everybody, you know. And then you just have to hope that everybody can stay healthy while they're in the ring. But um, I don't know. I I um. I'm trying to think which man I, I I don't know I enjoy I enjoy them all. I can tell you this is that what's changed a lot is like Wahoo with a strap match. <laughs> Nobody wanted to do that. Wahoo McDaniels with that strap match, he would kill you. I mean, I'm telling you, it just was a piece of leather. But that's all you could hurt somebody with a piece of leather, right? When they're hitting, when they're buckling up like this, like a belt buckle. And slapping across the face with it, coming off the ropes full speed. <laughs> no, I don't know. The dog collar match I remember with Valentine and, and uh, Piper. I, mean, I just they just killed each other. So I don't know. I, I'm inclined nowadays because I, especially with with a with a daughter in the business, I like like it. To, I like it to just to be as skillful and smooth and and the least dangerous and I love, I love all the stuff they do, but I think like Ashley doing that moonsault off the top rope and that corkscrew on the five girls. I mean, that's dangerous. 
because those old five girls don't catch her, man. She, she, that makes sense. Yeah. And Sean still for, gives me shit about not catching him at WrestleMania. <laughs> 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 I just couldn't see him coming. I told him the eyesight. <laughs> I love you for that. <laughs> yeah, people, people, they don't get over when you don't catch them. <laughs> Well, we hope that you guys catch us next week. We enjoy taking your questions here. If you've got a question, be sure to follow us on Twitter at to be the man pod. And of course you can follow me on Twitter as well. At hey, Hey, it's Conrad. But if you would like to advertise on our show, have Ric Flair brag about your product. Sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you. Just check out advertise with flair.com. It's advertise with flair.com. If you're looking for Ric Flair swag, some Ric Flair merch in your area, well, rickflareshop.com is the place to be. And of course, as you've heard tomorrow, Rick is going to be headed up to Michigan, launching his cannabis line to find out all there is to know the latest and greatest about Ric Flair drip. Just check out rickflaredrip.com. man. This was fun. I'm looking forward to catching up yeah. next week. And I think you'll be back home in Tampa. How about you? I will be back home in Tampa. I absolutely will be. Wow. For a day. Finally, you get to go home. Yeah, finally. We'll catch up next week. You know where I have to go next week? Where's that? Winnipeg. Oh, gosh. That's a little cold this time of year, Rick. It's cold here in St. Louis. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week right here on To Be The Man. Tell Megan I love her. Tell Morgan I love her. Yes, sir. All right. We'll do it. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys.